Welcome to the Copy Blogger Podcast. My name is Tim. I am joined by Ethan. Oh my God, Ethan, you're back. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, I really enjoyed my time off last week. It was great. <laughs> Thanks for covering for me, man. Yeah, we totally screwed that up, but I had a really great Father's Day and um, and I saw the shout out that you gave to me on Father's Day on the podcast and I do appreciate that as well. So so thanks for covering for me. It was the first podcast that I personally missed since we started with exception to the ones where we interviewed people. I you know, hadn't but... even thought of that. Yeah, yeah that's right. First one. What did you guys do? You had fun? Yeah, we had a great time. All types of shit. Um, my wife bought me a tattoo. So I got Calvin Hobbes tattooed on my calf. It's been a tattoo I've been dying to get since I was like first started getting tattoos. And now I'm like running out of space, you know? So yeah, I got Calvin and Hobbes, you know, like the real famous one where, you know, ha, this is going like this and, and Calvin's <laughs> doing like his little muscles with his tiny arms. So I got that on my leg. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it, it was a great day. We, we had a great day. So like I said, I appreciate it. Yeah. 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 I'm glad you had fun, man. I actually had fun riffing. Uh, although <laughs> I, I will use that as a transition into our listener shout out. So I have a quick listener shout out for Kristen Egan, who is the person who took over for me at trends recently started listening to the show and <laughs> she liked our episode on personal brand and like what the personal, like what the purpose of personal brand is but told me in no uncertain terms that Ethan's half-baked ideas was shitty. <laughs> she's like, like, yeah, I tried I tried listening to that last episode, but I only got five minutes in. And he's like, get to the point, Ethan. So glad to have covered. <laughs> so far, the only feedback I got was that it wasn't excellent, but uh, there's very few people in the world that I'll actually take criticism from. Kristen is one of them. She's uh, She's pretty good at what she does, so... Shout out to Kristen. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the feedback. Is anybody else who wants to offer a counter opinion about how fantastic that episode was? I'm talking to you, Grandma. <laughs> Let me know. But yeah, Kristen's out there. She's listening and um, uh, liked the personal brand episode. So Whoa. what was that? Well, I appreciate you. And <laughs> I'm just hung up on this, man. Yeah, that episode <laughs> sucked, Ethan. Yeah. Do better, you loser. <laughs> That's literally why we hired her as the editor for Trends too, is because she's like definitely good at pushing people. And not many people who will actually tell me when my stuff sucks. So I, I I do value that. I, but you know me, man. I like my own voice. So I was like, I thought it was great. I still think it was great. But but um, who is you? Uh, it was shitty. <laughs> like it's one person. There's like so much you can do with one person, and it's hard to keep yourself centered like in just in terms of timing with how long you've been sticking on to a certain point and so i guess i could see what she was talking about but damn go easy <laughs> on my boy Ethan, you know? <laughs> so check it out everybody trends.co she's over there running content and it's if you like getting straight to the point it's a great newsletter for that um you said you had a listener shout out too yeah, I do. And I've actually talked back and forth um, with with this cat through the DMs on Twitter for a little bit. Uh, I believe you pronounce his name Eves. I'm almost positive. Eves Nil. Uh, Twitter is at the Eves Nil, Y-V-E-S-N-I-L-L. So at the Eves Nil. And uh, check this, man. Like this is 
pretty ridiculous that I am on here, you know, but so he says, what podcast are you listening to? My fave founders, um, founders podcast. I think that's morning group podcast founders podcast. Maybe I don't actually. Anyway, so founders, modern wisdom. Um, that's Chris will. He's that British dude, Rogan. And then me <laughs> and then Lex Friedman. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This dude said, my fave, Founders, Modern Wisdom, which, by the way, out of all of these, Modern Wisdom is is probably my favorite. I, I like his YouTube show as well. He's got like a really cool backdrop. Uh, Rogan, me, and then Lex Friedman. So <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing on there, but Eves, I really, really... Really appreciate the kind words. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Congratulations. I mean, and yeah, thanks. Well, it's, thanks the thing is, though, he totally dicked you out of it because it said copy blogger, but then he just tagged me and he didn't. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought he was talking about your personal newsletter. So he actually mentioned the show. Ah. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, talking about the podcast. Oh, well, I was going to thank I was going to thank Eves, but I'll <laughs> mention me next time. No, I uh, I still think that's awesome, and that's a big compliment, man. To be even be listed with those guys, that's huge. Yeah, that was cool. I liked it. Um, all right. Well, anyway, thanks, Chris. Uh, did you, thanks, did you did you check out his profile at all? Like, what's his what's his deal? You got a news? Yeah, no, he's uh he's getting into the the video editing game, I believe. At least that's what um ah uh, now I'm like saying this live, and I should know more about him because he and I have chatted a couple of times through the dms but i just you know i'm getting hit up on the dm so much because of how popular i am um yeah yeah yeah. there you go so and inspirational obviously yeah exactly it's tough to keep up with our audience so man because so many people like they're always doing so much you know like every time i look somebody up they've always got like one project that they recently sold one that they're working on now it's like it's we got an active crew i feel like well bro Funny that you mentioned that because that is a perfect transition into what I want to show you for this week's episode. Let me tee this up a little bit. Two things that I want to tee up. One, I have too much shit going on and I'm perfectly aware of that. And you are always the counter of my, I don't know, let's just call it like the pendulum of life. One of the things I appreciate most about you is your ability to just stay focused on a few things. I, I know we talked about it. You you might have learned a lesson last year about getting too bogged down. But even still, when you got overloaded, it it was you took on too much, but you still weren't. You, you, your mind wasn't in a bunch of different places. You know, like you were still focused on only a few things. You just put too much weight on your shoulders with those few things. Um, I've had the opposite problem in my life. I love the thrill of new projects. Um, I give myself an excuse because I have like a relatively big team these days. And so I, I continuously use that as an excuse to throw more onto the plate because like, I'm not the one that has to actually do the day-to-day managerial stuff of it more. So I, I'm, I'm in the realm of just like sales. And so it's just another thing for me to sell. At least, like I said, that's the excuse that I have in my mind. And so I'm aware that I do too much. And I'm also aware that the last time I showed something to you, basically what happened is we bought a company and then two weeks after we bought it, Elon Musk fucking destroyed the whole entire thing. And so we had a good month of hype that 
I mean, we've never even talked about it, really. We definitely haven't talked about it on the show because it's just like, well, I guess that's gone now. So the last time I brought one of these projects to you, which was pleasedm.me, which, by the way, is still a thing. And we're kind of hoping that Elon fixes the API or at least gives us a little, like, tells us the rules so that we know what to do because it's totally the wild, wild west right now. Um, but last time I said, hey, I want to show you something. We ended up buying a product that instantly got blown up by our tech overlord. So teeing that up, <laughs> here's here's the next thing I got going on or maybe have going on. I'm, I'm honestly approaching this with just wanting your feedback. Also, I think this is a cool idea no matter if I do it or not. And I, I genuinely think that the model I'm hoping to present to you is just a really, really good model for anybody these days because it's something that is always, always in demand. All right, so here we go. Sharing my screen. I've showed you, actually, you know what? Let me even go here. So for the people that aren't watching the video, I am on a website called rainmaker.fm, just like it sounds, rainmaker.fm. This was actually a website that came with the copyblogger deal back in the, the heyday of the, the Brian Clark days of copyblogger. There was actually two sides to the media. There was copyblogger.com, which was blog posts. It was, you know, it's, it's, it's what's still going on now. It's the written word. And then there was rainmaker.fm, which was a website which was essentially a podcast network. And all of the podcasts in the network got the benefit of being in the network with each other. So they would all promote each other's shows. And it was pretty damn successful. I think the mistake that they made, and this is just from my observation, is that they used this podcast network to try to sell their own products. And it might've fizzled because copy blogger was the one that had the most upside in it, right? Because in order to be on the podcast network, you had to promote the copy blogger podcasts. Whereas I think it is probably a better model if everybody in the network just gets access to all of the ads and all the potential advertisers that want to publish their ads on the media in the network. I don't know that for sure, by the way, I haven't talked to anybody about that, anybody about that but that's just sort of my, um, my two cents on it. So this website, rainmaker.fm, this is built on like a really old school platform. It's WordPress, but it's actually called the Rainmaker platform. It's very difficult to work with. And and I've, I've had this site, basically. It's a killer site. It's got like a 30-something domain authority. The links are super valuable. It's been dropping in SEO traffic month after, well, really week after week for the past three years because I haven't touched it. But it's still a very valuable web asset. And so for the last two months, I've been rebuilding it on just a standard WordPress theme. And I've been uploading all of the podcasts themselves onto a free, well, actually it's called Captivate FM. It's basically like Anchor, except it costs 17 bucks a month and it has like an in, it has a podcast network built into it. That's dynamic, you know? So like the show will just put ads or excuse me, Captivate.fm will just put ads into the show where it sees like pauses in the audio. It, it it basically, maybe it uses AI to just make the distinction about, you know, this is a good spot for an ad. And so I've been paying 500 something bucks a month for this site. 
for the past three years because all of the audio files are hosted on the website as opposed to hosting the audio files on like an actual podcast hosting platform like an, or like a Spotify podcast or like, you know, a, a, a Buzzsprout or like a Captivate FM. So here we go. Grand reveal. This is what I have built. And it's it's basically done. You can see if I click here, I have all of the shows. Granted, these shows haven't been updated in probably a year and a half minimum. I think this guy, Kelton Reed, I think his podcast is still going, but they haven't been uploaded. This one right here, Hack the Entrepreneur. This is Johnny's podcast. Johnny's the CEO of Digital Commerce, so everybody's heard of him. Um, Brian Clark's podcast, Unemployable, is still going pretty strong. And then this guy, Chris Ducker, his podcast is, is super strong. So nonetheless, here I am. I didn't realize there were this many shows on there. Even just from the home page of the other site, it looks like there's significantly more shows here than were there. Yeah, we definitely did a better job of creating the layout, which is, in my view, a little bit more accessible. But um, <laughs> but here I am, <laughs> you know, like I have this whole entire network of shows. More importantly, I have the framework for like new shows, right? Because these shows aren't, there's really not a lot here. Some of them are good, but this is all just archived stuff. Um, and then here's the link for all of the hosts. And obviously the selling point is that if you are on the network, you get your own personal material listed as well. Um, and, and this is it. Like th this, this is what I, I have built within the next week or so. So if I go to one of the actual episodes, the only thing missing, you can see right here, I have to embed the, the actual episodes themselves into the post because they're not hosted on the site anymore. They're hosted on Captivate FM. And then I have every episode has a transcript. So it SEOs really well because of these transcripts. So I don't know. Like, honestly, I'm just going to stop here because I, I want you to tell me what the hell you think about what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. So let me start with a couple of questions. What I think is really interesting to people, first of all, congratulations. This is very cool. Uh, also big project looks really nice. So I'm not sure how much of that is the WordPress theme or how much has been custom designed, but oh, it's probably like clean, easy to navigate. So great job on the, um, the development here. I'd love to dig into like two specific aspects of this that I think would be interesting, maybe three to people listening. And the first is why you did this. Get into some of the psychology, like the business aspirations, what you're hoping this actually does for your business and what the lessons might be for like other people there. And then how you did it, because some of the um, intricacies, I know you mentioned the, the, the podcast host that you're using, but like that transcription looked really clean. I would love to know just a little bit more about some of the tools that you use there. So let's start with how, or with the, with the why, why did you even go through this? What are you hoping the podcast network is going to do for your business now? Why not just shut the whole thing down? Why not just shut the whole thing down? <laughs> Tim really? just had a stroke. Dude, <laughs> like, well, like stupid question. <laughs> Next question. I'll, I'll tell you exactly why. Because New Life Clothing was a t-shirt company that I started with my friend nine years ago. And 
it floated in the background selling a shirt like every five days based off of one keyword, which was sober clothing brand. Sober, nobody ever Google sober clothing brand. Like the site hardly got any traffic, but it was there. And I, there was an application basically, it's a thing called Printful. If you ever want to start a, start a t-shirt company, there's a really cool company called Printful where you don't have to actually hold inventory. You basically just create the designs and then they have a cool platform that says like, put this design on this t-shirt. And then when somebody buys it, they have a few warehouses across the country. They, they grab the shirt, they put it on the printer, they put the design on it, and then they ship it out for you. So there was no work on my end. I just had this company, New Life Clothing, that would sell, honestly, a t-shirt once every like five days. And Printful is great, but one of the problems is that it seriously decreases your margin. So every time I, I sold a shirt, I'd make like six bucks. And, uh, and I kept saying, what am I doing? Why don't I just shut this thing down? Why don't I just shut this down? Well, because lo and behold, some guy came around that was in the industry, was in the market, and he approached me and he said, hey man, I'll buy this from you. And I said, yes, <laughs> right? So like, basically this four years of doing nothing eventually turned into what was a, a low five figure exit, which you know, in the world of exits isn't a lot, but it's a ton of money. You know what I mean? Like, of course, I will definitely take that check. Here's the domain, see you later. And so I have a hard time seeing something of value that isn't necessarily costing me any time or effort and just saying, ah, you know what? I'm just going to let this go because I have no idea what could possibly happen in the future. <clears throat> Maybe that's a feature of being Tim. Maybe that's a bug of being Tim. Like I, I'm not advocating one way or the other, but, but that's why, because I just, I can't just let it go. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know why. <laughs> This is definitely one of the one of the things in which we balance each other on because I'm the exact opposite. Like heartless cutting routinely of things that uh, maybe I should hold on to, but I cannot stand having things just kind of hanging around. So my family gets on my case all the time because like if they leave town too long, like I'm visiting our family cabin right now. And if left alone here for too long, there's like at least 50% of the furniture I think I could get rid of, you know? And like, so um, I hear where you're coming from on that. I feel like it's a feature of Tim. It's not one that I tend to have, uh, but I get it. I, I bet a lot of people have these kinds of like side projects that are just sort of haunting them on the side. and They're not quite sure what to do with them. So fundamentally, you couldn't get rid of it. I get that. Aspirationally. Let me put what? something else in there too, okay. real quick, and I'll make this much shorter. The site has a lot of domain authority, and it's a good, it's good for links, it's good for backlinks. So, okay. like from a yeah, technical standpoint, every episode show notes here, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's a ton of links in there, and you know, sometimes if from that standpoint, it's it's worth keeping around. So that doesn't mean that it's worth it necessarily for the five hundred bucks a month that I pay for it right. right like dollar for dollar it's probably still not worth it but there is some some technical value there of merit as opposed to this like emotional aspect of, of it got it okay now aspirationally what what do you hope that this does like where is this going to drive impact 
pri primarily for Copyblogger? Are you going to use it to try to pass business through to the agency or sell Copyblogger Academy? What What are you thinking that this is going to do most? I have no idea. <laughs> like, I have no clue. So I can tell you some ideas that I have, right? Yeah. Hmm. Worst case scenario, and this is going to sound super gimmicky, and it is kind of gimmicky. I'm, I, I guess I'm apprehensive to do it this way just because of how lazy and cheap it is. But if there are people in the podcast network and I just get to upload their show onto the website and upload it maybe onto a master feed, there's nothing in it for me. Because remember, I don't host the audio anymore. So like, I don't actually get the downloads. If I'm going to embed the show in the show notes, it's going to be from their hosting account. So like, they're still going to get the downloads. But all it'll do for me is maybe create search traffic and I'll put an email pop-up on there and I'll have an email list. And maybe I can just do an RSS feed, daily email of the best marketing podcasts of the day and then sell sponsorships on the newsletter. That's, that's a thing I, I totally could do. And it's it's pretty hacky and it's like pretty lazy and it's kind of just arbitraging, but it works because there's value in it for everybody. You know, like it's no skin off the podcast, or excuse me, the podcaster's back to be on the network. And I'm gonna come out positive through the podcast, through the through sponsorships, one way or another, that that's an idea that I've had. But even saying it, I feel a little bit like embarrassed about it, just because of how lame it is. Uh, one more quick follow up question: the host that you're using that runs these dynamic ads, do you have control over what those ads are? Like, could you flip a switch, pay a little bit more, and then insert your own ads, or how does that work? Or yeah, for sure. So hmm. one of the reasons, and I actually learned about this because we use Anchor and Captivate is very similar to Anchor, although it's not free. And I always thought, why the hell is Anchor free? Hosting audio is super expensive. Audio files are big. It's ridiculously expensive. <clears throat> but looking back on it, it makes perfect sense because... It's kind of like the social media ad networks, but for audio. And so Anchor's entire game the whole time was to wait for Spotify to buy them because Spotify was able to have access to the media itself. And now once you upload your podcasts onto Spotify, you get free monetization bakes. It's like the Google AdWords of audio, you know, we're at AdSense of audio. I have a blog. I don't want to do anything. So I'm just going to put Google ads on my blog. Like, cool. I have a podcast. I don't want to do anything. So I'm just going to put anchor ads on my podcast. So you can do that through Captivate. Captivate is a monthly cost because it has a, a couple of other features, mostly like organizational features. You, you and me know the dashboard on anchor is like pretty terrible. You don't have any real data or like you can't, you can't really do anything. Um, it's, it's kind of kindergarten, but Captivate is a little bit more high level that way. Long-winded answer of a way to saying, I, I can do both with Captivate. Like, yes, I can just say, insert ad here, whatever you say, Spotify, 
I'll do whatever. Or I also can create an ad. But what's cool about it is if I create an ad and I insert it dynamically, I insert that ad through all of the shows. So it's not as though it's it's an ad that goes from this show forward. It's even the the backlog of shows that do get a lot of listens, even though you don't think that they do. Yeah. Which, by the way, is significant. I mean, we looked at our anchor data every single week, and I think our new episodes get, you'll know this better than me, but it's like maybe 2,000 or so view or listens per week, two to 3,000 listens per week. But we do 30,000 listens a month. So if you add that up, half of our listenership is in the backlog every single week. Uh, so for people who are thinking about doing their own podcast and stuff like that, the the catalog of content that you put together does end up being a pretty significant chunk of what comes in from week to week. And the dynamic ad thing is cool. So I think overall, this is a cool idea. I agree with you. If you have this much content, it, there's not really a good reason to get rid of it. I mean, because content is so hard to develop, especially human content like this, where you have somebody actually talking through stuff. So... I'm on board with this. It's kind of like what HubSpot's doing, you know? So HubSpot built a podcast network. And what's interesting is that theirs is also kind of tied into other types of media properties like blogs and newsletters and stuff like that. And they use dynamic ads to basically push whatever it is that they're trying to get attention on at the time, which tends to be HubSpot itself. So the, the software. But... um you know, when like inbound conference comes around, you start hearing ads for inbound and every once in a while, there'll be something else that pops up there. They also use it to advertise other shows, which could be a benefit to the podcasters in the network is like ads for your show. Get You could do like podcast swaps with other hosts. So it seems like there's a benefit to building these types of networks, but it, it also definitely seems like a long-term snowball, you know? But, you know, hey, if you've got it, I think it's cool. I think the question I would love to hear your thoughts on is given what went into this, if someone's starting from scratch, do you do you think something like this is worth building from scratch based on what you see in terms of potential and what went into it? Yeah, so <clears throat> perfect question to ask because I think this is the crux of actually what I want to talk about. And I'm not in a position to take advantage of this. I've been looking for a partner on this and I actually found a kid, his name is Darren. He lives in Singapore of all places, which is ridiculous because he's super Irish. I can hardly understand some of the things that he says. And um, and he has a company called Voix, V-O-I-C-S dot C-O. It's a, he's just getting started and he's killing it. <clears throat> but um, he hosts and promotes it's a podcasting agency, basically. And his services are, are, are mostly twofold, threefold. It's editing and uploading, which is pretty standard. It's marketing, which basically means clips, editing clips, which you and I have gone over some AI tools. That's that's almost that's almost not even worth doing anymore because you can do it so fast with AI. But most importantly, it's sales. And this kid just embraces the grind of creating spreadsheets of potential advertisers, 
he makes loom videos for every single pitch that he's doing. So he, he does a, a pitch deck for whichever show he is selling ads for. And then he creates a really quick loom video, which is personalized to the person that he is pitching to be an advertiser on the show that he is representing. And it's a grind for sure. But man, I'm so impressed with this kid. And within six months, you know, he's already got seven clients. And not only does he have a management fee for the clients, but he keeps, what is it? 30% of all of the ad revenue that he generates. It's a ton of money. Like yeah. the management fee in one aspect is one thing, but the sales is really, really where it's going to start to get interesting for him. So what does this mean? This, I see this as two things. One, everybody wants to be a creator and nobody wants to be an entrepreneur. And if you're an entrepreneur, that means getting told no 99 times for every one yes you get. And if you're one, if you're one of those rare people that is willing to be told no over and over and over and over again until you get the yes, well, you can build just a sales team. You can just build a, a sponsorship sales team and represent a ton of podcasts and be swimming in money. I mean, these these sales centers, I know a little bit about these because I've lived in South Florida for so long. I mean, like, you know, the phone rooms in South Florida are one of the weirdest things that you'll ever see in your life. But let me tell you, these people do not mess around. They are cold calling 100 people a day. They are pitching, they are pitching, and they are getting paid for sure. And so I suppose if I'm being honest, ultimately, the absolutely non-achievable thing for me to do right now is to build a sales team to pitch deals and to get sponsorships on all of these podcasts that do not have the willingness or probably even the sales skill to close these deals that they really want. And yeah, that I ask you a question I think of. That's, that's an interesting take. Given though that you have a paid product in Copyblogger Academy, why not just advertise that and then give people a cut? So, well, here's how it works at HubSpot. And I don't know if there's a direct crossover here, but podcasters on their network fall into a couple of categories depending really on the show size and i don't remember the exact details but their biggest podcasters the ones that really like command a serious audience uh month over month basically get paid there's a few benefits to being in the network they get paid x amount per thousand downloads so you just get a straight payment for running a podcast which is kind of what you're talking about, right? Like, I'm going to help people monetize a podcast that they don't necessarily have time to go monetize on their own. And then there's some like shared services stuff where, you know, if you're on their network, you get some help with growth from month to month. Uh, you get like a podcast producer, so you don't have to worry so much about like structuring the show or editing and all that kind of stuff. So it seems like you're already kind of angling towards the shared services because everyone's show's been uploaded. It's all been transcribed. Like the, sh the podcasts are produced nicely. So that's a benefit. And the remaining benefit to figure out is like, how do we financially incentivize podcasters to join the network and 
really push to try and grow the shows. Selling ads would be one approach, but why not just try to sell Copy Blogger Academy? Has that crossed your mind at all? Of course it has, but I suppose the insecurity on my end is that it wouldn't be to do it right. Like I would feel responsible to create the sales pages for them, you know, create all the discount codes and the affiliate codes for them. And I can't do that. And also as much as affiliate is totally fair and a, a totally good business model, I would worry that a lot of the creators wouldn't be too excited about it as excited as they would be just pay me money. I'll put it on my show. <laughs> right. However, I never even thought about the idea of skipping the whole affiliate thing and just paying people per download in exchange for representing a product, representing whatever I want it to be. But I guess the question is, if if HubSpot does it that way, then why wouldn't they just sponsor the show? You know what I mean? Like, what do they actually get out of? What's different? Why wouldn't they just reach out to these podcasts and be like, hey, I'll give you this much. I'll give you 25 bucks per thousand downloads to promote this new event that we have, you know, why go through all the trouble to put them on the network? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm trying to think about it for a second. I would assume it's probably, they probably, there's probably some savings there, right? Like if you say 20, let's say it's 25 bucks, it might cost you 40 to actually sponsor a podcast, but because you're on your network, you're kind of guaranteeing them revenue so that you get them at a better price. I, I, there would have to be some kind of um, like efficiency there, I'm guessing. What's the other one? Maybe just control as well. You know, when you sponsor a podcast, a lot of times the creator does the ad read and you have like input and stuff, but it's kind of their gig. Um, maybe that changes a little bit if it's like your network, your property, you're kind of keeping them on from week to week. I would assume it's mostly just that those two, you know, like control and pricing efficiency are probably the two biggest reasons to do it. I also think there's something about the flywheel of being able to promote shows in your network on shows in your network. Um, so I don't know, but it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea. I think you could, I, I actually think the affiliate thing would be easier than it sounds. The thing that I'm not sure of is would it end up paying each individual creator enough to make any of this worth it for them? That would, that would require some math. But if I'm thinking about this from like a listener's perspective, what is the what is the real takeaway here? I feel like the takeaway is something like, first of all, I like that you mentioned that there's value in these projects that just kind of hang around. And maybe people should be thinking about which of those they have in their life and like what they might be able to do with them, re, how to refactor them and kind of bring them into the fold on whatever their main focus is. And then I don't really know if there's a lesson here yet in terms of whether or not a podcast network is worth it to build. It feels like we'll have some updates on that as we continue to see how this one plays out. 
you know, you'll start to well, see data over time. Oh, go on. Yeah, excuse me. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, but I'm glad that you brought that up because that is something that I've also been thinking about because does AI make podcasts more or less engaging? If, if everything like we've talked about so many times is commoditized, does that make the personalization of the world more entrenched, like more valuable or less valuable? I'm banking on more valuable. And there's the examples that we use, you know, like my wife starting that little fitness club outside and like just the value of people working with people. But it's going to be difficult for anything to replace that. Like ultimately we're still monkeys, you know, we, we need that. And I do think that podcasts and listening to someone's voice creates a deeper relationship than probably even reading somebody, you know, and I, there's couple of podcasts that I listen to, and I feel like I know those people. They don't know who I am, but that's one of the aspects of, of podcasting. So other than newsletters, I'd put newsletters as the most valuable asset you could have. And then I'd put a podcast dollar for dollar, probably the second most valuable asset you could have. And it's funny because they're also in reverse chronological order, the hardest things to grow. You know, like newsletters are super hard to grow podcasts are super hard to grow. And then third, I'd probably put a blog or maybe a YouTube channel. I'd put those ones neck and neck. But anyway, what I'm saying is like, we'll have to wait for the data to come in on that, like you said, but I'm banking on the value of podcasts increasing over time. And I'm, I'm banking on the value of podcasts to be very how do I say this? Like once you've established yourself as a podcast, I think you've really established yourself for like a while. You know, it's a kind of relationship that doesn't just snap and half easily the same way that there's like a, a new Instagram influencer every week or so. And so with all that being said, I think the lesson for the people listening, yeah, like maybe you could be a digital hoarder like Tim and keep your stuff, right? It's like, I get all that, but the, the part about it that I just cannot shake is how freaking valuable sales teams are going to be in the world where everybody wants to create stuff and hardly anybody knows how to make money from it. And I just, that's the part about it that I, I can't say like, maybe not now, but I can't say never in terms of, of how, how this would work. That's a great point. And in terms of opportunities, I like I like that because it uh, there's you can go as niche as you want. If it's true that everybody out there or like every industry is going to see the rise of different creators, then whatever industry you already know best is probably an opportunity to create services for creators in that industry and like aggregate them and help them make money and then make a cut of that. That reminds me, oh, and this, uh, uh, a couple of interesting examples of this for people who might want case studies or whatever. The first one I would say is to go check out madrev.co, uh, I think. M -A -E -R -E -V. She sold some ads for me. What's that? She oh, sold yeah. some ads for me. Yeah. So that's Katie Huff and Ben, I forget his last name, but uh, they <clears throat> were. Ben ran our ad sales team at The Hustle, and Katie was our number one ad seller. She sold, like, millions of dollars worth of ads at her time. 
um, they split off to build that business. And it's a great example of exactly what you're talking about. So they sell ads for all kinds of newsletters. And then the other one, this is a brand new one. Did you see that uh, Sahil and Nathan just launched Paperboy? Yeah, I've known about that. Pretty cool example, right? So it's not sales, it's more growth focused. But for people who haven't checked this out, I think it's just paperboy.com. Great name. Yeah, great name. One of the best video games of all time. Is it? Yes. Are you know what that is? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Wait a minute. There's you didn't play Paperboy, like you didn't play Duck Hunt until your Nintendo basically lit on fire and then put on <laughs> Paperboy right afterwards. I didn't have a Nintendo, man. I had oh. I got I got uh the the I was gonna call it the PS one, but it was actually technically PSX, mm. which is the gray one. Uh when PlayStation two was like old. I got and then I got Xbox after like Xbox three sixty came out and uh then I went to college. That was it. <laughs> that was my whole life. I never, I yeah, never a big video game guy. So Paperboy, I always just assumed they were talking about like newspapers. They are. Paperboy is, is it's one of the, oh, oh my goodness. Well, I've never been a big video game guy either. I do like video games, but it's never been like a huge hobby of mine. But Paperboy, come on, dude. It's like, do you not know what Super Mario Brothers is? Like the original on Nintendo? I know of it, yeah. But uh, well, as that, the, what's Paperboy? It's the it's the video game that sat right underneath Super Mario Brothers when you like stacked all your cartridges up next Come to the Tether console. Yes, and Duck Hunt, those three games. And Zelda. <laughs> I feel like there's some Donkey Kong fans out there that are offended that you haven't mentioned that one yet, but uh, Paperboy. I never realized that. So is that like all their branding is based on too or no? Like, I don't know. I have oh, my website. I just know that they that they launched the site. Huh. Well, for people listening, that's another good example of this. So what they do is they do like centralized growth for newsletter operators. And their whole pitch is like, you just, you want to be a creator. So let us handle your growth and you can just create. And I think that whole model, like you've said, is going to continue to work as we shift into this age where more and more people are sharing ideas. Um, which is kind of interesting because it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a pendulum of, centralization and decentralization because really when you bring people onto a network like this what you're doing is you're pulling individual creators right back to like a, a mothership kind of and uh i think industries tend to go through waves like that so it's cool to see that this is a project you're working on i can't wait to see kind of like how it continues to develop um i would say to people listening give us a shout and let us know what else you want to know about this i would assume it'd be interesting to know some of the data like on listens and downloads and how it performs for coffee blogger. Um, but let us know what else you want to know. Cause I think this is like a cool case study. We could continue to keep track of. I'm looking at this paperboy website right now. This is exactly, you're exactly right. It's this. Yeah. You see, like it's the same thing, but for podcasts, no, no, I just don't know what to do with it. I'm not, I can't do it right now. Like, I get that. I got too much going on. Copywriter Academy is like too much of a priority right now, and especially because it's going so well. You know, I'm, maybe some people know this. Ethan is basically my professional cheerleader. So every time I hit like a new sales metric, 
I take a screenshot and I send it to him with a bunch of let's goes and fire emojis <laughs> and that kind of thing. And like my, my full focus is on the academy right now. I, I'm not going to screw that up. But man, if you're a person who hears what I'm saying and you're thinking about partnering with your boy and doing a bunch of work on a really cool idea, hit me up because I think this can work. You could be right. But I feel I still I think the easiest path is just ads for the academy. Yeah. Focus on growing the academy and use this as like the next lever. Secret weapon. Okay. Like I hear you, man. But then how like how would I get somebody to agree to that other than affiliate? I, I don't think affiliate's gonna play because I'm gonna spend half the time pitching people and then there's there's just no weight to it. Like I'd, I'd have to pay them steadily. The, the pe people want consistency. It's not that they want a lot. They just want to know what to expect, you know? And so then what? Did I basically just say, join the ad network and I'll pay you a discounted rate. And in exchange, I'll help grow your show. And then I basically just buy myself cheap advertising. I think you could do either. I'm actually not sure affiliate wouldn't work right because i'm assuming these podcasts are not currently monetizing right no i'd have to get new podcasts on the network for sure well, but i mean even the ones that are there they don't make money from them right no nope. yeah so i'm not sure why why affiliate income wouldn't be attractive because the podcast is already up right so it's not like it's making money some other way that you're taking away you're 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 just layering on a new opportunity um and affiliate works for a whole bunch of other podcasts you know it would take some testing but i think that you could start there potentially yeah. and then if um it picks up steam or if you wanted to you could continue to build out the complexity of the offering to really incentivize the creators but for now yeah. i think i don't know why why if i'm not doing anything and somebody offers me affiliate well i guess there might be a little bit of a trade-off there Are, if if you were to come to me tomorrow and be like hey your podcast is just sitting on my network I will pay you X number. I'm going to put an ad in for Copy Blogger Academy and pay you X number of dollars for every sale that you made based on your old back catalog of podcast episodes. I'd probably be fine with that. Yeah. It's like, great. That's it's literally passive income. There are some issues there in terms of like alignment and making sure that creators like actually want to represent the, the Academy, but I think you could pull it off. I think it'd be a lot easier than potentially building a sales team around it. Who knows? No, we shall see. Yeah, that's cool though, man. Congratulations! It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of work coming to fruition. I wanted to ask one more question, just because I did kind of uh, set this up before we started talking. But what did you use to transcribe all those shows? Well, all those shows are old school on Rev. That was done pretty manually. I didn't transcribe them like. All I did for that site was take the content that was already on rainmaker.fm. The site that I showed you is still a staging site. I didn't launch it, but those transcriptions already existed. I just had to import them onto the new theme. Um, but you know, now you can just use AI. Yeah. 
That's oh yeah, that was the other one that you showed me, right? What was that AI tool for podcasts where it did all of that for you? The transcriptions and, and what was that one called? I don't remember. I think you've asked for the link like two or three times at this point. Yeah, I think. <laughs> and this is actually exactly why. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly why. We'll uh, we'll link it up in the show notes for anybody who is interested in this. But there's a lot of these that are coming out, like AI tools designed to uh, not only transcribe your show, but clip it up and, and do like video snippets and stuff like that. So it's definitely getting uh, easier for creators. Um, yeah, but anyways, congratulations. So I guess all the trans, all the transcriptions already exist. So then we'll, uh, we'll link up to the, the tools that you did mention in the show notes and for people who are listening. Yeah. Curious to hear what you think of this project and are you building anything similar to this? You know, like I think there's such an opportunity. I think the real, aside from the things that you mentioned in terms of services, I think there's a big opportunity to do podcast networks specifically fo focused on niches. I think we wrote about this at Trends. There's going to be a rise of like B2B influencers. Um, so the more niche you could go with a podcast network, the more interesting the opportunities are to me. So, you agree. All right. I think that's it. Yeah, that's Anything a else? quick shout out. As we were recording, I got a text message from your wife. Well, I like Okay. Yo, shout me out on your podcast. I just hit 250 deadlift, bro. Fuck yeah, fucking right. <laughs> so I had to put that one in there. My wife just deadlifted 250 pounds. Oh, so your wife. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you said like you said you got a text from my wife. And I was like, uh somebody I'm not I'm not aware of yet, but definitely sounds like somebody I'd marry. Shout out to Jules, 250 deadlift. That's uh that's awesome. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. All right, y'all. See ya.